Okay, so this is a, uh, whatever day it is, it's a Saturday. It's Saturday? The, the, the 27th. Of, is it? Yes, it is, of June. You see, you start off saying whatever day it is to make, you, make yourself sound kind of cuddly and vague, when really your mind is razor sharp and you know exactly what day it is. No, I'm, Unlike me, I'm in a drug-addled haze. I'm, I'm vague but I'm, I'm cuddly. 2015, I was going to say, and you are an, you're an, an adult, well, we're both slightly messy, I'm messy because I'm always this messy, we are recording this in vision as well, and we're yeah. rather fuzzy, we don't know if we're fuzzy I or know. it's fuzzy, uh, and then it you're, is quite in, fuzzy. And you're in a very bad state, why are you, it, why are oh, you in a bad state? I woke up this morning, I woke up this morning, feeling blues, uh, you're wearing blue, that's what it is, you're wearing colours, absolutely, oh, excruciating pain, sickness, dizzy, couldn't stand up, couldn't see out my left eye. And, um, and there was pain in your left eye, wasn't there? Oh, just pain everywhere. And um, anyway, in I came. And uh, because we've got a wonderful show tonight, and because it? it's my, myself and my sister Amanda who man the shop on a Saturday. This is the Italians doing a comedy so preview got, for Edinburgh in the Mamma Biashara shop in London. That was what I was about to get to. A marvellous show tonight. Mm. Il Puma Londinese. Uh, free tiramisu. Free sweeties. Ooh. Free dry bread. Why are you eating dry bread? I'm practicing for prison. Okay. I've been kidnapped by ISIS. Mm. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about fringe. I think we should. Well, not well. No, actually, can I just say I was the other. I got this me free copy of the Edinburgh Fringe in a nutshell. Mm. New book by somebody with the unlikely name of Paul Eccentric. Very nice man. Is he? Is that his real name? I, I doubt it. I mean, who would be called Paul for heaven's sake? Anyway, I was just kind of flicking through. And, I, it just, and it's in bold here. It was a chapter entitled The Paid. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Clint Eastwood-directed movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about all the, you know, the paid venues. And then there's a thing here. I'm going to take her up on this because... Him. Her. I haven't, you haven't let me finish my sentence, John. I seldom do. Um, he's talking to Karen Corrin, and she, she said, of the Gilded Balloon... But she runs. It's not really not worthwhile my sitting here, is it, John? Um, Karen Corrin, she says, uh, when asked what her... She, uh, Paul Eccentric asked what her thoughts were on the various free venues that have sprung up in recent years, and Karen Corrin said, and I quote, and it's here in bold, we acknowledge the free as a useful platform for performers to utilise as a precursor to potential future shows at the Gilded Balloon. Good bit of promotion. That's not the attitude. It is excellent promotion. It's a terrible attitude. Yeah, no, it's promoting. That's good. No, the, the, free, the free fringe exists on a par with the paid fringe. And other free shows are available. That's a silence. I'm on a knife edge here, John. I'm full of morphine and tramadol. Don't upset me. Right, so what are we going to talk about? It's like talking to the Incredible Hulk. You won't like me when I'm annoyed. You said you you didn't want to talk about the fringe. We just have. I am very grouchy. I'm the one who's putting the grouchy in the grouchy club today. I have to be the club then, do I? I'm the chocolate biscuit. 
There's going to be silences Not in rising. This. Not rising. No, not rising. Not rising. I, I was saying we should talk about Physically Kenya. incapable of rising, to be fair. I was saying we should talk about Kenya because Cup 6 off to Kenya on the 5th, is it? I am. What are you going to do while I'm away? Well, we're going to attempt, as we did last time, to communicate by Skype and fail, no, the, fail miserably. The, the, the 4th is a Saturday, so we can do a podcast there. We can then. do a podcast there. So there'll be one in the middle that we're going to attempt to do by... Because the last time when I was in Kenya, uh, I was gang-mugged on a little bus and my laptop was stolen. Well, my little netbook thing was stolen. So we couldn't communicate by anything other than prayer, obviously. I, I tried that, it didn't work. Uh, the astral plane, it's not, it's not great for podcasting. Um, so, yeah, OK, we could try that this year, this time. Yeah, and fail again. But, but after the last show at the, the increasingly prestigious Mammoth Beashara shop in West London... Uh, you were talking to people about uh, the, the horrors of, of uh, life in Kenya for the underclass. That's true, but we have it's those horrors in in some few cases are being mitigated by the proceeds of the many wonderful shows that we're having here at the Mama Biashara Emporium of Gorgeousness. But, but you were saying you were saying basically that Mama Biashara's. Uh, resolutely small scale, and that's very effective in Kenya. Well, I think you can't. Yes, because we have to stay under the radar. Once we pop above the radar, I'm dead meat. Who's, who, who, who's radar? Who's radar? The, the, the authorities, John. Okay. Uh, police, we'll, we'll skip city over council, we'll skip over this. Yeah. Uh, anything to do with, with authority. Uh, because they're all corrupt. You're well, going they to, are. I know, but you're going to Kenya. I know, but, but they're not listening to this. No, I'm sure the but whole it's, world it's, is. And anyway, they, when you talk to people, you say, oh, there's too much corruption, and they say, yes, yes, there is. And, you know, everybody kind of, it's, it's like saying there's a lot of oxygen in the air, and go, yeah, yeah, there is, there is. So, anyway, we just stay right on the ground. So there is no hierarchy in Mamabiyashara. We don't have an office, we don't have... Anything. But when you say you don't have an office, how do you function? I, well, because we, there's nothing for an office really to do. I, I go and do things. It's, it's more doing things than talking about them or writing about them. And for talking and writing about them, sorry about the noise there, my, uh, my wonderful sister Amanda, who has been with me since 2009, is an almost obsessive uh, cleaner. Amanda is older than six years old, I'd like to point out. She has been with, with Copstick before 2009. Uh, absolutely, she's, she's yes. been here with me all my life. Yes. Uh, but she's an almost obsessive cleaner. So uh, you, you just constantly, uh, when she's around, here we go. Cleaning. Smiling. Cleaning. Wave, wave, wave on the video. Um, cleaning and uh, putting tidying, away. putting away. Uh, I, I... You're waffling. I know I'm waffling. I'm sorry. No, no, um, no. It's 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 the drugs. But um, no, it, you you remain small. You remain right, not just close to the ground, but on the ground. There's no hierarchy. There's nothing to topple. There's no nobody. No way for uh, the funds to leach out of the charity. It's not, and none of the money that we make here pays for anything at all, other than helping the people on the ground. So where are you living in, in Nairobi, in a hotel? No, 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 I live in a, um, a converted, I'm sure we've said this before, a converted uh, shipping container, except that now uh, it's been removed. My landlord, landlady actually, has sold her little plot to a developer 
Um, and so everything on that plot is being either demolished in the case of her house, which is built from uh, stone, uh, or just moved in terms of my little house, which was a shipping container, which has just been attached to a lorry and dragged off. So I am, if anybody knows of any place in any of the slums of Nairobi uh, that I can get for less than a tenner a week, um, then uh, please let me know. I don't require electricity. I don't require running water. I just require a bit of security. And so there we go. I mean, people don't. People think they need stuff that they don't. Well, you do need security. You're constantly getting mugged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, security. But you don't really need running water. You, you collect it in a bucket. For, from where? From a, oh, there's usually a standpipe um, reasonably, hmm. reasonably close. Um, and you, I mean, like the last place I was, it was a standpipe in the plot. And you just went down, you filled up your, I mean, I had a hundred litre um, polytank in my little house. So you filled that up. And then, you know, if you're reasonable, it takes a long time to get through 100 litres. No, and you're not having a power shower every morning. And so, so Mama, Mama Bishara sort of spreading some money around to various people. And you were saying one of the most successful things you've done was actually teabag. Is teabagging mean, meaning something tea different? Teabagging, yes. Meaning something different in Kenya to what it means in Britain? Uh, we started a year and a half, two years ago. Three uh, ladies of un certain age, they're probably in their early 50s, which is ancient for Kenya. I mean, I am, I'm like Methuselah there. I'm like the, the, the eighth wonder of the world there. I'm so old. And, and indeed here too. Uh, well, what sort of age is the, the average I think age? The, uh, the average life expectancy is 57. In, in Nairobi? In Ke- no, anywhere. Kenya. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's getting older, but because the, the middle and the upper classes, they're living the lives of uh, like a first world life, really. Yeah. Squabbling over the iPhone 10 or whatever it is that's the, that's the most recent one. But the, the people in the slums are still very much third world lives. So how come teabaggers are a good idea? Uh, well, uh, in, the, in Kenya, nobody really uses actual teabags. They use tea leaves. And uh, these ladies came to us and said they wanted to sell tea. And I said, well, they were selling, they were in the Lemuru area, which is where, uh, Lemuru is where tea is grown. So I thought it was a bit close to Newcastle. Uh, But they explained that they wanted to sell tea leaves to women like them who could only buy like a small, basically the way we would buy um, grass here. Have you ever bought marijuana, John? No, I'm a very clean chap. Brought up a prayer, right. but yeah. For oh. those those of us who have bought marijuana, a little pack of what's in its leafy form, like uh, well, about a, a, an inch by an inch, about an inch, inch and a half square, and that would make you like one pot of teas. And that's because the, the the people are in the villages and everything are so poor. That's how they buy it. They can only <coughs> the annoying cough. Um, they buy enough for one pot of tea. How much would that would be about between five and ten pence? So these women knew because of where they live and how they live and the people around about them that there was a gap for selling tea in such small quantities rather than you know a quarter of a kilo or whatever, which is the normal 
bag that you would buy in a shop. So that was about two years ago. There was three of them. The grant to set them up was around £25. Now we have 257 ladies across the three counties around that area who are all selling tea leaves uh, in various sizes of bag. Uh, and really, more or less, all those businesses started from the one £25. Because the way Mama Biashara works is that the money doesn't come back to me. Uh, the money, what you do is once your business... Once the business that, that we set up together with Mama Biashara Money is strong, uh, then you bring somebody else into it, or you train somebody else, or you give somebody else six of your customers so they can start their own business. Um, so three has become 257. And this is the way of Mama Biashara, which is why, um, you know, uh, one shop and, you know, some. <laughs> a few uh, very, very, very lovely donors, and now some marvellous uh, comics here in doing, here in, doing uh, fundraisers will fund a huge amount of work because there is, there is nothing, no admin costs, no anything. I pay for my own airfare. There are no costs. So what you give goes out there, and because of the way we work, what goes out there stretches far further than money normally would. So one of these, these pre-fringe uh, preview shows might net you about uh, 90 quid or 100 quid. Maybe. Well, um, apart from the ones for which nobody has turned up, shame on you all. Um, and we had an, an extraordinarily gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous uh, evening. Um, Spencer Jones and uh, Tim Renko. Tim didn't do his show because there was only three people Shame on you. But, oh, God, you should have seen. Spencer's stuff is just glorious. I don't, I don't think he did it in any particular order, but he, he, it was just beautiful. And then we, we sat and chatted, sat and chatted to Spencer and Tim until about half past ten at night. It was, it was fantastic. And also talking about the possibility of taking Herbert, the Herbert, which is Spencer Jones' on-stage character. Uh, his last year's show was called The Herbert. I can't remember what this year's show is called, but it will have Herbert in the title again. How to take him to TV. Now, for me, Herbert is an absolutely adorable, lovely, much more engaging, accessible version of Mr Bean. Now, I might think she was on drugs, just rambling. So, so to get back to Kenya... I'm not just rambling, but it, it's well. This is to do with Kenya because they uh, we didn't actually get anything that night because there was only three people turned up. Uh, they were lovely, but one of them left immediately after Spencer's show because uh, she had to meet somebody, and I just felt a bit bad about pinning two lovely people to the wall and saying we need to uh, uh, make some money here. But we had uh, Sarah Mason the following night uh, talking about kitty fiddling in Hollywood. Um, famous kitty fiddling in Hollywood. At Lancaster. Well, the kitty fiddler was famous. The kitty fiddly was Sarah Mason, who wasn't at all well known at that time. Um, and we got Sarah herself. Sarah. Oh, sorry, Sarah herself uh, donated a hundred pounds, yeah. uh, which was extraordinary. And uh, the audience donated another ninety. So that will do that, that's vast a amounts. 
that's a lot of 5p tea bags, tea, tea, tea uh, sachets. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. But, but 5p obviously isn't very much money, in, even in Kenya, is it? No, it's not. I mean, the, the thing is, you can... The... What you spend in the slum areas, things are, you know, like, 5 pence for a tea bag, you know, 20 pence for a loaf of bread. That's one thing. But as soon as you step outside the slums, you're paying almost first world prices. You know, things like a, a, a normal taxi... It's expensive, you know, to get, if I took, which I never do, a normal taxi from, say, the airport to Dagoretti Corner, where I live, which is a journey um, much, much less than Heathrow to Shepherd's Bush. I would say, I don't know, really, Um, centre of London to Shepherd's Bush, maybe, which is like 20 minutes um, without... Traffic, and, how, how much and that? that would cost about twenty quid, which is more or less, is only a little less than it would cost here. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a proper hotel room costs. I mean, the minimum it's going to cost you is thirty-five, forty quid. But these, these women who are buying and selling the tea, how much are they living on per week? Or well, day? they would they would probably pay about um, maybe fifteen pounds a month for rent, um, and then obviously the. They won't have electricity, they won't have water. You pay uh, about five pence for 20 litres of water. Um, it, that is very cheap, but that is a life where your floor is mud, you're, you know, um, it's the life I live when I'm there. And I, I actually, I like it. It's so, it, it's a stupidly um, kind of privileged Attitude. It's okay for me to say I actually really quite like it because I don't have to live it all the year. But it's very stripped down, and you really learn not to sweat. You know the small shit. You know there's there's a million things in your life here that you get all oh het up about, and that are really not worth getting het up about at all. Do English people say het up? I think they do. Yes. Uh, but, but as well as Kenyan Kenyans in Kenya, there are, are Somalians and all sorts of people. Oh, there? God. There's, especially now, because Kenya is seen as quite a stable place, loads of Somalis, loads of Sudanese, uh, Eritreans, Zimbabweans, there's everything. And they have a good life? No, they have a dreadful life. Of course they have a dreadful Well, uh, Somalis, up until fairly recently, because they're really very adept business people, and... Um, if you want anything taken from anywhere to anywhere, get Somali. Mm. Um, so there's an area of Nairobi called uh, Isli, which is 100% Somali, and there is everything there. There's everything there. Uh, but since... Everything as in what? Oh, everything as in, um, you know, clothes, stuff from China, cosmetics, jewellery, um, anything you would want to import from anywhere and really not pay any duty on it will be there. So uh, there's everything there from any country you can imagine, and it's very, very cheap. Obviously, what I'm getting around to is last Saturday you showed me a horrendous video, without any warning, I have to say, over something. I thought uh, thought it might have tickled your fancy. You know, being being an odious person and an absolute cunt, this was... um, (laughs) I, I often look at Bergen-Belsen videos now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are now, I'm 
delighted to say we're Mama Beashara is really well known across Kenya and we're well known on the ground. I thought you said you were under the radar. Yeah, no, we're well known on the ground. So if you ask people in a slum area, somebody will know somebody will know somebody who knows somebody who knows Mama Beashara. And that is the way people get in touch. You're never going to go, ah, uh, I'll go to their office or whatever. Um, you just know somebody who knows somebody who says, oh, there's somebody who can help you. And some, they might not even know the name, but they, have, they can get our phone number from somewhere and they know we'll help. And they know we help everybody. But where's the phone? In the shipping container? No, um, it's a mobile. There aren't, uh, Doris has it. Doris, my wonderful uh, right-hand person in Kenya. So I, I have a Kenyan phone when I'm there. When I'm not there, uh, either they'll phone me, discover I'm in England and I'll phone Doris, or they phone Doris direct, and then she phones me, and then we work out what to do. So this lady is a... Uh, the, the lady who's in trouble, she's a Somali refugee. There's a lot of Somali refugees now. The border is very porous, um, even although uh, after various Al-Shabaab atrocities, uh, the Kenyan government, in their wisdom, have decided they're going to erect a fence along the Somali border, and that's going to make everything okay. Are Not. There, are there troops on this? Uh, there's, a, there's a very small number of Kenyan troops in Somalia. <coughs> and then the kind of they're nominally policing the border. But like with anything in Kenya, you want to come across the border, you see a soldier, you bung them 25 quid and that's it, job done, you're in. I feel, I feel obliged to say that there was a fence erected in Amman in the, in the non-existent war that didn't happen, honest. Mm. Uh, but let's get... That's just for the sake of saying that. Anyway, back, but anyway back, so they're back, going back to erect a fence. Yes. And anyway, but it, it's very, very porous. So there's a lot of refugees, mainly, you know, a lot of women. All the people who are being as completely fucked up and fucked over by uh, Somalian extremist Muslim groups as anybody outside the country. Um... And these, these ladies have come, and they've kind of come to rest in Lamu, which is just off the coast of Kenya. And it, and it was, at one point, very nice, posh um, a tourist resort for people who wanted to live in ancient villas and whatnot. But uh, since um, the main uh, beach activity seemed, became kind of getting kidnapped by pirates, it's become less popular. But, so these Somali ladies are there, and we got to hear through someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew this lady's daughter, um, the huge... We, we got sent this little video. WhatsApp is a... Well, it's an app that uh, Africans use all the time to send pictures of everything. And I get sent videos on it all the time, and I've yet to receive a video where you go... Oh, that's lovely. It's always something hideous that's been shot covertly or because someone needs my help uh, or because we're being threatened. I get quite a lot of threatening videos. You know, this will happen to you if you don't back off. And what are the pictures? Oh, those... Uh, the, the ones that they send to frighten me are usually of people being burned alive and beaten up. Um, but this one was... And it's slightly fuzzy. So at the beginning, it kind of... You get this, and it's small because it's come from WhatsApp. So I put it on my uh, laptop 
small thing and you go, ooh, what's, the, oh my God. It was like a, a purple fist-sized lump of flesh with kind of three big holes going down into it with pus around the edge of the holes. And just as you're thinking, fuck me, that is somebody's labia majora, uh, a finger comes in with a um, white glove on, a plastic glove, lifts it up, and the shot develops to go right into the entrance of this lady's vagina, right underneath the clitoral hood. And it's just alive with hundreds of maggots. Um, you're going pale at the memory, John. Uh, it's fairly horrendous. The lady, uh, so I was just sent this and uh, said, we need help. I think, fucking hell, yes, you do. So um, uh, some of the money from the show that Sarah did, uh, which was okayed by by the people in the audience is going uh, we're buying uh, two, lo two, three lots of antibiotics a topical antibiotic uh, powder I've sent down um, what do you call it, uh, instructions with diagrams and everything, how to do wash, 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 wash uh, salt water, the great thing is they're beside the sea so whereas they would have had to buy water which they have got no money to do boil it up and salt it they're, they're She's being washed in the sea. And, um, and then. How long she had this condition? Uh, it's very. They're, they're not very forthcoming with information, so you have to. I always have to send a list of questions, and then another list of questions, another list of questions. But we find, I found out she's been like this for seven months. And she does have a temperature and she is being sick. I would think that horrendous as it looks, the maggots have saved her life because they eat rotten flesh. So if everything has gone hideously, you know, wrong down there, they're chomping away on flesh that would otherwise have given her septicemia. Obviously, she's running a temperature, so there is, uh, there's infection leaking into the bloodstream anyway, but I think it would be a lot worse without the maggots. However, a maggoty vag isn't really ideal for anyone, so if we can get rid of the infection with uh, a kind of triple-headed... Um, antibiotic attack plus antibiotic powder uh, and keeping it scrupulously clean um, then we won't need the maggots and they're just going to be hideously and mercilessly drowned in seawater and then what I need to do what we need to do somehow is get somebody down there with uh, some gynecological implements Adam Kay if you're listening which you're probably not Adam Kay you know amateur transplants he was a gynaecologist. He was an obzingyne. So if you've got any spare kit lying around from your previous existence, please send it to me. Uh, because somebody needs to have a look inside. Because, you know, maggots, uh, all kinds of animals, they, they like a nice warm place to go. And nice and warm and moist as the clitoral hood and entrance to the vag is. Although it is a bit acidic and not built as a home for insects, they might just have gone right up the badge. They could even have gone uh, into the uterus. So that's our next thing. Once 
it, we've got the outside kind of settled down. I need to get her to somebody. And all of that takes a lot of money because she's Somali and nobody wants to touch the Somalis in Kenya now because they're all, oh, they're bad people, they're Al-Shabaab. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to bribe somebody to allow her to leave the camp. We'll have to get transport and we'll have to pay some hospital over the odds. Uh, and so that's kind of what eats money up. But at the moment, and because again, uh, decent antibiotics cost money. So at the moment, we've spent about I've spent about um, thirty pounds on medication for this woman, and uh, we we move all our stuff around the country inside bags of sugar. So somebody would arrive on a pikipiki a um, motorbike, say, "Hello, here is your two pounds of sugar." Big um, wink. And why do they do it inside the sugar? Because otherwise, uh, it would be stolen. No matter what it is, if it is, any, you know, if it's anything, and it's being taken to someone, then there is an assumption that it's worth something, so it just gets stolen. Uh, but medicine, you know, is always worth something. It can always be sold. So, and also the person who is taking it would be in danger if they were seen to be ferrying something from Mamubi Ashara to someone else. Because you go, oh, right, you're working with them. Let's be beating you up. So, so that's what the money goes to when it goes to Mamma B. Sharon. What's your website? Well, it's not always Maggoty Vag. There's, there's, there's lots of... There's always a disaster. That's, you know, there's always another disaster. Um, but it's www.mamabiashara.com. Uh, or, more immediately, like tonight... Too late. Uh, but, to, whenever you, when are you posting this? Because there's... Monday? To tomorrow, Sunday. Tomorrow, Sunday, right. So Monday, Juliet Myers is here. Uh, Tuesday, we've got a gap. Wednesday, uh, Darren Walsh and uh, Ali Bryce. Thursday, Omar Hamdi. Uh, and I can't remember anymore. But get your ass down here uh, and contribute and laugh and eat our free sweeties. And that's it. So that's the great. And uh, ne- next week, of course, you're going to be in uh, in Kenya. No, no, no. Oh, so no, know? we can oh. do. No, oh, no, no. no. Ah, quite right. You're big... trying to force me off early. No, we can. Do, we'll do something marvelous uh, on because on the Saturday, Romina Puma and uh, Luca Kupani are uh, previewing their Edinburgh shows. That would be worth coming to. That really fucking would be worth coming to. And then the next day, you really are off to. And uh, the next day, really at at. Leaving, I have to be in the airport at 4.50. I know, and I've got two stopovers on the... Because British Airways, bastards! Their flights cost about 1200 This one cost 4, 000, uh, sorry, uh, 450 Brussels Airlines. But I have to change in Brussels and someplace called... I can't even remember. But it's, I now know it's in Burundi. Bloody hell. I know. Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. But I think there nothing, we go. Wrong, nothing wrong with Burundi. No, course. nothing wrong with Burundi. I think there might be a bit of a war going on well, there. If you're a Burundi, it's a very fine place. Anyway, so that's the end of this this uh, week's Karachi Club. If you, what you can hear in the background are excited people queuing up for the Puma Londinese. Some of the Italians will be very excited. Yeah. A bit of racism to end there. Okay, so au revoir or uh, a bientôt.